Now, some of you here today might be thinking, the Holy Spirit, what, what are you talking about? And I thought I'd just take a moment this morning to talk about four ways that the Bible talks about the Holy Spirit. I was, I was thinking of different stories and pictures that I could paint, but right here in the Bible, and we're not going to do better than that, there are four pictures of the Holy Spirit. The first is this. Right in the start of the book of Genesis, we have this story It's the story of a a place that God makes for himself. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, which is a way of saying absolutely everything. In the beginning, God created. We have a God of new beginnings, a God of new stories, a God of creation. And we're told that as God created, the Holy Spirit hovers over the waters. The Holy Spirit comes near to be part of this creation. Now, the, uh, in all ancient languages, actually, but especially in Hebrew, <coughs> the word for spirit and the word for wind or breath are the same thing. So there over the waters, <coughs> excuse me this morning, uh, is this moving of God's breath. God's spirit over creation. I could do with a fan this morning. I don't know if you can tell I'm quite hot today. Jesus spoke of the Holy Spirit in, in the same way. He once said this when he was talking to somebody who should really have known more about God's ways and about God's knowledge. Oop, I think we've gone back to a song. I'll just go ahead. <coughs> Thank you. Oop. He said this, that the wind blows wherever it pleases. You can hear its sound, but you can't tell where it's come from or where it's going. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. So it's not really like this fan at all, because if you look at this fan, you can hear it, you can feel it, you know where that wind is coming from. (coughs) If you point it in a certain direction, you can tell where it's going. That's, That's a kind of a fake fan, an electric fan. It's an amazing thought, isn't it, if you stand on a beach, as Amy and I did last night, or go walk up a mountain, you can feel this breath on you, this wind. You don't know where that's come from, how many other people have been revived or refreshed by it. After it's hit you, you don't really know where where it's going to go. Jesus says the same thing about the Holy Spirit, those who are born of the Holy Spirit, that there'll be things that we'll do, and people will go, where did that? come from. And there'd be people who come to know Jesus and think that their life is set in a certain way and that there's certain things that they do, but, (coughs) excuse me, but when you trust Jesus, you don't know where you're going. You don't know where he'll lead you or, or what he'll do with you. And maybe for some of us today, there's a sense in which life has become a little bit same old, same old. A bit samey. We, we know every day what we're going to do. Maybe in our faith, we open the word and we know what it's going to say. We come to church and we know what's going to happen. Maybe the Holy Spirit wants to breathe on us today. Enabled us to do things that we didn't know we could do. Take us places we didn't know we could go. Not like a fan you can plug in and, and control but a wind that can carry us and move us because our God is a God 
of new beginnings. Another picture in the Bible is of water, which I'm really grateful of because I've got a tickly throat this morning. Water. Is there anything more refreshing on a hot day than water? To be refreshed, to be renewed, to be revived. I'm going to do that right now. Apologies if anybody here is thirsty. We do have taps and glasses if you want some. Jesus says this. He stood up in the temple on a day when a big symbolic jug of water was, was filled and then poured out on the temple. Jesus says, if anyone is thirsty, let them come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scriptures have said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. It's so bold. Jesus stands there, this big ritual, this big religious ceremony. He says, if you're thirsty, come to me. If religion hasn't satisfied you, if rituals and, and rules won't do it, if there's a place within you that is thirsty for more, for life, Jesus has come to me. Notice how easy this is, how simply makes it. Whoever believes in me, rivers, streams of, of living water will flow from within you. There's another time when, when Jesus was sat at a well with somebody, and he goes up to her and he says, oh, could you give me something to drink? And she says, oh, how can you ask me? Because she was a woman on her own. She was a Samaritan. All kinds of boundaries and barriers meant that Jesus, by all rights, would never have been speaking to this woman. How can you ask me? And Jesus says, if you knew the gift of God, you'd have asked me for a drink. Because whoever drinks this water will be thirsty again. It's true. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become a well that springs up inside of them. And the first thing this woman did was to go and tell other people, you've got to come and meet Jesus. You've got to come and meet this guy. Flowed out of her. And I wonder today if some of us just need that refreshing of God. The pouring in that we can't contain, that bubbles up, that springs out, that pours out and flows into other people. Because we can do that, can't we? We can try and bless people. We can try and serve people. We can try and share with people. But it's quite obvious after a while, if we're doing that in our own strength, it starts to run out. We need to come back and be refreshed and refueled, refilled, that he might flow uh, through us and, and with us. Another way that the Bible talks about the Holy Spirit is in terms of anointing. In the Old Testament, there's this, some of you may know this, centers of worship. That's primarily the, the temple in Jerusalem, this house that is built to worship God together. And then there are other places, synagogues, which are meant to be little temples everywhere. And something very special happens at the building of, of a temple, a very unique type of oil is spread all, all, all over everything, so anything that gets used in the temple. Even the priests uh, get doused in this anointing oil. If you're really interested, you can read the book of Leviticus, and that tells you the exact spices that were meant to be used. So there was something unique about the temple. When you walk, walk in, walked in, sorry, you, you smelt this aroma, this atmosphere. And then other people are anointed, kings 
were anointed. We saw that recently, didn't we, when King Charles was anointed king. There was that ceremony that took place behind the holy gazebo, whatever you call it, uh, where he was anointed with oil. Prophets in the Old Testament, those who were called to speak the words of God, uh, were anointed in the same way. And Jesus, when he begins his ministry, starts with these words from Isaiah. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. The fragrance of God, the atmosphere of heaven, lavished. And in, in the New Testament, we learn that as we become Christians, as we follow Jesus, we can invite the Holy Spirit to anoint us. So that what we do is not just done with our best efforts or, or best energies, but carries the aroma of heaven, the, the blessing of God, the work of his Spirit. Sometimes we forget that, don't we, and do so much in our own strength. But the Holy Spirit wants to anoint you, to touch your life and to give you a power and authority and energy that you wouldn't have on your own. And then finally, there's one more way that I want to talk about this morning. Uh, and these are words that, that Jesus says to the disciples. You're going to go into all the world, but wait for the full picture. Wait for the Holy Spirit. Because when he comes, you will be clothed with power from on high. A couple of years ago, as we were driving home, we noticed there was a bit of a commotion by the pub just down from our house. And so we sort of slowed down to see what was happening there. And there was a child there who was on their own. What was most disturbing, really, and striking uh, was the child was naked. He didn't seem to be speaking much English. There were a few women there that were trying to calm him down and, and talk to him. But he's very anxious, uh, very disturbing scene. So, so we stopped for a while and waited. The, the police had been called and, and were on their way. And a police lady that, that came up to him and began to speak to him did this wonderful thing. She, she took her jacket off and wrapped it around him. And almost instantly, he seemed to settle and calm. It was a beautiful picture for me. I've, as you can imagine, I often wonder what, where he'd come from or what happened to him after that. But I was so glad uh, that he'd found the right person and landed in the safe hands. And there are times, aren't there, when we can feel so vulnerable. We can feel so alone. And Jesus promises us here that when the Holy Spirit comes, he will clothe us with power. From on high. It's like God the Father takes off his policeman's jacket or his royal robe and clothes us. I don't know if you've ever been somewhere and you've just been aware as you've walked in, I think I got the dress code wrong for this environment. And other people are either far smarter than you or far more, far more casual than you. And for the whole time you're there, you just feel a bit awkward. Sometimes we do feel awkward, don't we? So we seek to live for God and try and choose his way in our lives, try and speak for God. Sometimes we can just feel a bit awkward, a bit out of place. Like, do I really fit here? Do I have anything to offer here? That's why Jesus says, don't go. Don't do a thing until you've been clothed with power from on high. And we see that, don't we, in the story that this Peter that stands up and 
preaches a message that convinces 3,000 people to be baptized. It's the same Peter who only weeks earlier couldn't admit to a girl by a fire that he even knew Jesus. And maybe there are things in our lives that we regret. Times when we've denied the reality of Jesus or our relationship with Jesus. And those regrets can be hard, they can be horrible. But the same Holy Spirit who clothed Peter can come and clothe us today where we feel frail and vulnerable or awkward or outside. He can clothe us with his power. So I'd love just to pause there for us today and to think about where some or all of this lands for us. Maybe today you, you need that breath, that freshness of God. Maybe there needs to be that sense of, of energy. There's something that you've tried to change and you can't change. And unless the Holy Spirit comes and breathes, it's going to be the same. But anyone born of the Spirit is not limited by their past. And it's not even their skills or abilities. It's the breath of God that releases them into their future. Maybe for others of us today, we need to drink afresh on that water that satisfies us and spills out from us. Or some of us just need to be reminded, don't do a thing until you know the anointing of God. Set apart. Smelling of a different atmosphere. Speaking in a different name. Or maybe there are those of us here who, when it comes to seeking to live for God, to serve for God, to share for God, can feel that awkwardness, that vulnerability, that isolation, that aloneness. And just need to know afresh the Holy Spirit who can clothe us with power. And not just power, but power from on high. God's power. So Holy Spirit, we pray in this moment that for each and every one of us, from the youngest to the oldest, this promises for all of us, that you would rest on us afresh. That we would know your peace like a river. Your joy like a mountain. The wind of your spirit. That joy like a fountain, the healing streams of life. So Father God, as we're gathered in this place today on Pentecost Sunday, we pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would fall afresh on us, touch our lives with reviving power, with a holy flame, a contagious passion, a consuming love, a refining grace. Come, Holy Spirit.
and let your fire fall, we pray.